Welcome to Story Talking, episode 55. My name is Laksh, I started Launchora, and I host this podcast where I talk to a new storyteller every week. Now, this week's guest is uh, Sabika Musafar. And I met Sabika a couple of weeks ago, well, a few weeks ago, and she and her co-founder in The Sense of Self just hosted a workshop at Launchora's Creative Hub last week, which you guys, I think I mentioned it on a previous episode. I definitely mentioned it on the last episode because I remember I was recording the last episode while the workshop was being set up. So anyway, that workshop went really well. We're hosting another one and we'll talk about that one uh, at the end of this episode. But just to give you a little a little sense of <laughs> a sense of Sapika, she is a former uh, Arjun producer at Radio Mirchi in Mumbai. For that, she taught uh, filmmaking at Trishti School of Design. She went to NID. She's she's a poet. She's she's a performer. She she helps people um, write and and she teaches writing. It's there's there's a big journey here uh, in in her career so far. And and I wanted to just have her on the podcast to just you know uh, talk about it. So so this episode we're gonna go through. Some of the stuff that, uh, what got her into storytelling, uh, what kind of a childhood did she have where, you know, she was encouraged by, by her family, friends and family. So we'll delve into how that helped shape her personality and her, and her confidence as a performer. We'll talk about writing. We'll talk about her process, just a bunch of cool things. And at the end, uh, she will talk about the workshop as well. If you are interested in attending this workshop, I believe we are posting this episode a day early. So we'll be posting it on Friday on the 28th uh, and the workshop is on the 30th. So if you hear this on time, do come and attend this workshop. You can learn more about it on our Facebook page. I believe we're listed as a co-host. So it's called Birth Your Superhero. So if you're interested in the workshop, if you if you like the kind of stuff that uh, Sabika and I are talking about in this in this podcast, and it's a full day, so it, it, there's just going to be, I think it's going to be a great workshop. So if you are in the area, I would highly recommend that you guys come check it out. But for now, for the next thirty minutes, I would love it if you just listen to Sabika's journey because it's it's really interesting, and and I was glad that we were able to have this one-on-one chat. Here is episode 55 of Story Talking with Sabika Muzaffar. Uh, so I was born right here in the capital. And um, I mean, sometimes that sounds wrong because uh, technically, uh, as much as I like to call myself someone who is Uh, born and brought up in Delhi. I was actually raised on the IIT Delhi campus. So, you know, over time, I realized uh, when you're raised on an institutional campus, you're not really from any city. You're just basically, yeah, yeah, you're one kuweka mendhak. No, no, as in in how you, yeah, you can, we'll do 95% English and 5% Hindi. Because yeah, not everyone listening to this is Indian. But uh, let's elaborate on why were you on IIT campus? Your your parents were uh, teachers or something? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my, my dad uh, teaches textile engineering here at IIT Delhi, and uh, yeah, that's where I still stay. I am still on the campus. What was it? What was your childhood like? Uh, 
were you exposed to creative arts or how was that environment for you when you were growing up? Uh, so, uh, coincidentally, both of my um, uh, grandfathers, my nana as well as my dada, uh, happened to have been writers. Uh, most of their writing was though um, sort of uh, exploring the religious uh, format of writing. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I I don't want to go into the detail of that because, to be honest, I will not be able to do justice sure. to what, the, <laughs> what they were actually writing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, so um, when I was, I think, four, uh, is when I started talking in rhyme and my mother had a tendency of sort of uh, jotting it down because mm. she was clearly very amused. So um, I think uh, this is back in Urai. Urai is this small uh, town uh, or maybe even a city um, in uh, uh, district Jalon. This is in, very close to Jhansi. This is in UP. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Um, so it so happened that uh, 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 the electricity had gotten cut and um, there were like a lot of mosquitoes. And then I started sort of uh, dedicating a piece to a mosquito, telling the mosquito not to bite me. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's probably the first record of anything that I've written. And my dada, my um, my paternal grandfather, he prophesied that which if I translate basically means that this girl will grow up to be a poet. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, well, uh, which is which is why when I sort of started writing in Urdu or Hindustani, to be more specific, um, my first uh, piece was dedicated to my grandfather, who I lost at a very early age. But he's had like a, I mean, my my paternal grandfather particularly has had like a great impact on uh, uh, not so much my writing style, but um, uh, on, on my choice of continuing to write or sort of. Hmm. Um, you know, feeling inspired about it. Sure, but yeah. uh, apart from that, apart from that sort of almost, um, let's say, uh, it flows in the blood connection. Right. Uh, I don't think I was really raised around a lot of arts. Um, uh, my my dad is an IIT professor, and uh, he's very proud of the fact that he's never let, uh, like never read an, a single novel in his life. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty. About it to the extent that he says that when when it was part of his curriculum and he had exams to pass, he would sort of get uh, one of his brothers to read it and then sort of uh, uh, like adapt it for him in like an oral form. Mm. Yeah, so so there was no no, right. no uh, literaryness in my house per se. But yes, I have been raised around a lot of music. Sort of um, my my parents' image circle of friends. Uh, I actually consider them as good as extended family. Uh, they uh, still try. Uh, I mean, but at some point, very very regularly, they used to meet up. Uh, I think almost every fortnight, and there would be a potluck, and um, we used to call them gazal nights. I, I mean, hmm. we still call them gazal nights. So there was like a lot of um, singing. This one particular uncle of mine has um, a lot of classical training, Hindustani uh, vocal music. So he usually leads the show. He's sort of the headliner. Hmm. Uh, but we were uh, we were uh, forced into <laughs> um, singing a lot uh, right. in these events. So, um, yeah, I, I think I sort of picked up uh, a lot of... Um, Poetry from from the song form of 
things like the ghazal uh, became like a way of learning a lot and uh, i also learned a lot from the radio and that's why i uh, more recently my last job was as a radio jock with mirchi uh, 98.3 so in in a lot of ways uh, the radio has also been my guru right. um i i have a i have a sort of lyrical bent of mind in general so uh, even if i'm listening to a song for the first time i am able to predict the lyrics because you know when when things are in meter they are fairly predictable yeah. so you you know you can sort of uh, figure out the end of the sentence so yeah uh, the radio um, this extended familyish uh, group of uh, family friends and uh, yeah i think my dada and my nana uh, to some extent th- that must have hmm. i mean i'm guessing that's the recipe <laughs> for the disaster that i am <laughs> is that something that you saw early in you that that i have this creative mind this ex, this thing that i want to express um i think um, i think more recently i kind of realized that uh, writing uh, is one of the most beautiful ways to deal with depression i hmm. i realized that uh, it's a very healthy way to kind of carry you through you know your harder times and uh, i mean i know i know that we were talking about something else and you were sort of uh, talking about um, you know uh, being able to connect things and yeah. build them and sort of take them somewhere uh, i think with poetry um, i almost always felt that it 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 felt like an out of body experience to be honest it was hmm. sort of a way to um, uh visit the parts of me uh, at a very very young age um uh, that might not have been um very healthy uh, if uh, visited um, uh, i don't know how to put this it's a little difficult i'm, mm-hmm. I'm genuinely struggling but basically what i'm trying to say is that there was this um, sort of almost pen personality aspect of me uh, that somehow always appeared as this rather depressive creature i could never see her face really uh, she would almost always appear in in my imagination mm-hmm. in uh, corners of rooms or on beaches and she would always have her head tucked in uh, between her knees and like her knees sort of held very close to her chest yeah. and uh, that that's that's pretty much uh, how i always sort of visually uh, uh, experienced her i somehow knew she's me i always knew that she's this rather depressive part of me so yeah uh, poetry became like a, a a rather healthy way to experience uh, this aspect of my personality yeah. so um i don't really think i had a lot of control uh, to be honest when i was sure. writing yeah 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 so i don't think i had the ability to really um, channel my flow and guide it and take it in a certain direction mm-hmm. on the contrary um the flow had a very strong grip over me and uh, by the end of the writing um there were times when i would feel like i haven't even written this um there were times when i would feel like uh, you know my roots are writing on my behalf or like i said it was almost an out of body experience right. i know it probably sounds very uh, creepy or scary <laughs> weird but the truth is that um I, i've sort of uh, built on that over the years to understand that you know when now i facilitate writing workshops i want people to understand that uh, writing can be a safe space to experience uh, parts of themselves that um you know otherwise might actually be a little more dangerous to right, experience right. explore i've come to realize that this whole thing about practice makes one perfect mm-hmm. 
um, hinders a lot of people from actually uh, putting uh, things out there. And I personally feel that uh, for someone like me, mm-hmm. um, I'm more of a performer than a quote-unquote practicer, if you know what I mean. So I've come to realize that a lot of my practice happens while I am performing. Right. So um, maybe because I I have rarely sort of found myself experiencing social anxiety, probably because I was raised on an institutional campus around a lot of encouragement, around mm-hmm. a lot of professors who sort of, I'm pretty sure in, in their classes were used to sort of similar techniques and so on and so forth. So um, I've come to realize that... Um, Sometimes this whole idea that I need to be more polished, I need to practice right. before I put myself out there, sort of um, stops you from practicing at all, actually. you hmm. know. So practice uh, for the sake of perfection is really not practicing. You're just aiming for something that you... Like you're not focusing on the performance. Is that what you're, you're actually procrastinating. getting to? I'm getting to the fact hmm. that you're, you're putting distance between uh, your art form and uh, your engagement with the art form. I think right. it's, it's sometimes more important to put yourself out there because the practice sometimes comes uh, after the performance rather than before the performance, you know. Uh, hmm. When you put yourself out there is when you sort of test your craft and Usually, um, that fear of failure is uh, something that um, can also be seen as an opportunity, if you know what I mean, you know. Um, hmm. It's when I, when I feel like I haven't done a very good job when I am performing that I will sort of, um, you know, um, um, go back to my craft and say, okay, maybe I could change this. Maybe, you know, from my last performance, I could learn this. Hmm. Um, maybe I, I did something wrong there so on and so forth so um i think it's 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 uh, i don't know i like i said like because uh, i know that it it might sound odd to most people who are listening to sure this. yeah <laughs> you know practice makes perfect but i think perfection is ugly why are we aiming yeah, at yeah it's quite boring perfection yeah, is quite boring it's it's also it's all, it, it doesn't exist to be honest mm. like it it's it's just a yardstick to kind of keep keep us going but if it's in in the process not keeping us going then that's just that's just a waste you know then it's that yardstick which didn't get you anywhere yeah i i could see that i mean i i do think that in order to really explore new things and to really be you know quote-unquote creative you Mm -hmm. can't be looking for perfection because perfection means rules and limitations like oh things have to like perfect means structure and 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 has to be you know like it's almost like when einstein's theory is perfect but art can't be perfect creativity expression can't be perfect because it's not mathematical you know it can be fit into like that's just my my two cents on on at least how i approach aiming for any sort of thing i don't i don't aim for anything really my name means aim, but I don't. I, I get by without having much of it. Also, um, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of uh, our favorite writers, our favorite filmmakers, uh, if you'll actually hear their interviews about their um, most popular films or pieces uh, mm-hmm. written or otherwise, they usually hate them. You know, the fact <laughs> remains that you know what gets popular is usually their least favorite. Right, of, right. You know, so this is the most formulated thing sometimes they're like oh we made that yeah. because that's what people wanted so we kind of reverse engineered a perfect song or a perfect movie 
Exactly. And mm. and I personally feel that uh, uh, there's a huge lesson to be learned there. So, mm. I mean, if, for example, I did not put my favorite um, piece out, I might not have found out uh, how badly uh, it did with a lot of people. And in the same way, if I wouldn't have put my least favorite piece out, I might never find out how well it does with my audience. Yeah, yeah. So, so many times you don't know your audience at all. Like yeah. you're just literally sort of throwing out arrows in the dark. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, even even arrows in the dark sounds wrong. Messages in a bottle. Yeah. You know, you in don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so no one even knows they're floating around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know what will do what for mm. someone. And um, well, I mean, so, for example, with compliments, I say this all the time that, for example, um, if I like something about someone, um, what's the point of keeping it to myself? You might just be making someone's day. And in yeah. the same way, uh, something that uh, you sort of uh, wrote at a time when, when you were uh, down in the dumps or uh, really depressed uh, might sort of uh, resonate with someone and pull them out of where they are. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, you really don't know what you're capable of, to be honest. And uh, sort of keeping your own self to yourself is, I don't know how much good is it going to do to anybody, including mm. yourself. I, you know, uh, I, I tell people this often, like I really, so I started writing like 10 years ago and everything I've ever written for me is, 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 uh, is like a little baby, you know. It's a child and I will never be like what I wrote 10 years ago was less good than what I write now because it's, it's one of the things I made and I love all of them as much as I, I love the most recent thing and everything I write tomorrow or 10 years from now, all of it is going to be something that I absolutely think is, was, I mean, if it was worth my time writing it then, how can I think of it as my worst piece or my best piece? Because that would mean I would be judging past me, you know? Mm-hmm. And judging, judging past you can be productive sometimes, sure, but only to a limit to which you want to consider yourself, okay, you know, like this is kind of the grow as a storyteller thing that I was telling you about. I only want to judge my past creative expression as long as it's helping me refine the thing that I want to be good at next mm-hmm. you know but but only from like you said only from a expression point of view not from a perfection point of view like can I get better at communicating a certain kind of story yes then then let me improve that aspect of storytelling but I'm not going to go and change my previous story because I think I can tell it better now you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm actually a one session writer. I really believe in the power of my flow. Oh, so me one, too. once it's, once it's broken, it's broken, and I honor that. I don't go back and edit. I don't because I agree. That's how it it, that's how it should be. <laughs> yeah, because because I mean it's like a picture, right? Like I mean, imagine if we could sort of go back and change pictures, like change the way we look, and I mean literally, I mean yeah. isn't that photoshopping then? Yeah, like, that's what we do now. We take fifty pictures of the same thing, but ten years ago you didn't, you couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. You just had one camera that clicked, and you didn't even know what it looked like. True, true. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just I just want to remember that moment as that moment and mm. believe that um, 
uh, so I, I mean I've, I've sort of had quite a journey with uh, revisiting my old work and and continuing to uh, sort of feel proud about it mm-hmm. if you remember our last event at at Longora yeah. it was about this it was only and only about uh, giving credit to your uh, stumblings to mm-hmm. the point when you were a fledgling when you were you know literally lurking with your loves like yeah. you know taking your time to figure out what is it that you want to say how will you say it etc mm. etc like learning the language so to say and playing with the form all of it is very important so i uh, i think because like like i said i really owe it to this sort of extended family they're actually family friends but they're more family than my royal sort of blood ties mm. um, because i i owe so much to them to the extent that this this uncle i told you about the one who uh, has classical training i i tell tell him that uh, you i owe you my thumb <laughs> 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 because as the folklore goes right yeah, well, yeah. i don't know i don't know how many people uh, know the reference yeah but anyway we'll let them look it up <laughs> <laughs> so yeah because um uh, i've learned a lot um um not necessarily in classrooms i have uh, just just uh, been lucky to sort of uh, be around people who just been encouraging irrespective of how good bad ugly i have been mm-hmm. and um since since uh, whatever i wrote i felt free uh, to be able to share it so you know there there've been times i can't deny the fact that i have found it embarrassing when say for example my mother or my sister sort of start sharing stuff which i had written when i was a kid and was written um as i mean i was actually even like just a toddler really mm-hmm. so you know yeah you know how family has a tendency sort of picking on you at sure, gathering yeah. all of that so i can't deny the fact that i have felt like uh, exploited or like this isn't cool that you know you've access to stuff and it's 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 not okay i get to decide when i share something right mm-hmm. but um you know um in retrospect i've realized that even that was cool you know like it's okay it's okay that whatever you wrote has been shared because there's a legitimacy to the act of being of act of things being shared right I know people might not get this. You know, mm. I get it that it 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 will still be seen as wrong that maybe you know someone someone having access to uh things that you write it's not fair to sort of um let them put things out. So I'm not I'm not saying it was um it was correct or incorrect, but I'm just saying that in in retrospect I feel that um them sharing on my behalf mm-hmm. in some sense um what i did for one of my students at uh, the last event he couldn't make it i asked him i asked him if he's okay with uh, me sharing uh, his right, piece right. on his behalf you know and then i sent him a video and as much as it would have been his first performance and that would have been great it would have been great if he himself had performed it mm-hmm. uh, just the fact that someone performed it for him has at some point given him the courage to uh, share this or something else later oh yeah and, You know it's weird. Oh, I mean yeah. I'm probably breaking a lot of rules here. <laughs> But uh this this has worked for me. The fact that uh, my my um um sort of uh, early um encouragers, I don't know what to call them. Um sort of opinion leaders. Mm-hmm. Um the fact that they were lying to me about the fact that I'm <laughs> 
yeah. that helps and the fact that um you know my mother and my sister were sort of uh, putting stuff out there which i wasn't ready to put out there sort of now gives me the courage to uh, sort of own it and right. see that um so you know now um i might be someone who has a certain kind of following people think of me as a decent writer um people introduce me as a writer mm-hmm. but um i don't want to be called a writer i want to be someone who writes and like yeah. let me be that because you know i read this somewhere i can't remember whose quote this is but it makes so much sense that uh, there's no point of uh, um you know becoming a noun you should always be a verb you yeah, know yeah 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 Tell me about because uh, this is how we got introduced. What is the sense of self all about? Um, so, sense of self or SOS <laughs> is uh, basically uh, an emotional health journey. Uh, it's an experiential emotional health journey, and uh, when I say it's an experiential emotional health journey, we basically explore um, emotional health through experiences like uh, what we like to call hum safra workshops. um hum safra mm. anonymous and uh, hira hum safra so hum safra obviously uh, for for people who probably don't understand hindi uh, so hum safar in hindi is um, uh, the world for, uh, world no <laughs> sorry word <laughs> the word for co traveler yeah. and safra obviously is the english word which sort of um, uh, i mean i think everybody knows what yeah. what safra yeah. is so they sort of come together to kind of connote um, uh, partners in misery so uh, with your partners in misery and we want to create like a peer support group for people who need fellow empaths for people who need adjust mentors or people who basically need um you know um just like someone who's been there um has a similar journey and mm-hmm. can probably um help help guide in ways which are not so top down or top heavy you know mm-hmm. um so so yeah the the idea is to kind of uh, find find core travelers who are also uh, going through a similar difficult phases or have gone through similar difficult phases as ourselves so um yeah basically um, i i'm going to focus on the hamsafra workshop bit because we're doing one with launchora uh, this yeah. sunday um so the idea of workshops actually came from an open mic um that i performed at on someone's insistence so someone had actually signed me up on um, my behalf like they said that they're performing uh, and they want to kind of put my name name down mm-hmm. so uh, i literally ran from a film uh, to kind of go and perform at atagalata this is uh, back in bangalore and the same person at the end of this uh, performance asked me if i can teach her how to write poetry and my first most natural response was uh, i didn't say it to her but no i i wanted to say no poetry can't be taught but then it uh, it, it sort of <laughs> struck me it struck me that um you know back at nid at national institute of design i had had attended a poetry workshop so i was like okay maybe i could sort of do my own version you know sort of uh, adapt uh, what i learned and uh, sort of given my own style my own sort of uh, you know twist and that's where the very first workshop sort of happened back in bangalore in 2016 so since 2016 i've been conducting all sorts of writing workshops and i don't want to call them poetry workshops because um every now and then we write dialogue sometimes we write a love letter sometimes we write we write hate mail sometimes um yeah we we do we do crazy things basically in the workshop space sometimes we explore visual language actually 
so yeah so um, the humsafro workshops for me uh, for a very long time became my way of engaging with uh, writing without writing anything myself so sometimes right, you know right. uh, when when you're going through your so called um, writers block uh you know uh, you can get back to writing by facilitating others uh, yeah. you know and that has really helped me because there were times when i would fr- find it frustrating that i am um you know sitting on this side guiding a workshop but not really getting to write any of the things that um, people around me are writing mm-hmm. so it was frustrating at times but you know um over time i realized that um that it's my way of sort of continuing to engage with the form you know and and sometimes it's just more important that um you're around writing if you're not writing yourself uh sort of quoting from the open mic event on on saturday at launchora uh, i um sort of came up with the idea of an exercise that is one of my most favorite exercises for uh, the shortest form of workshops that i do usually when i'm doing only a one hour long workshop i like people to um a uh, people who've never written or never wanted to be writers to understand that they've been writing already and they just don't know that they're writers and that's why uh, the word writer is something i'm i'm against like let's not not get into this idea that we are writers let's just say that we've all been writing and the truth is that um think about it how many of us actually do phone calls uh, we've almost stopped actually um uh, talking to people over the phone so chances are that you are doing some of your most uh, exploring some of your most intimate spaces with um you know your um, close ones uh, in the form of writing uh, so you know um uh, we're all writing all the time and uh, yeah so that's why I, i like to call this uh, who says you can't write uh, that's the name of the sort of shortest workshop that i conduct and um uh, it's it's so much fun actually to uh, make people realize that um, they're capable of uh, being poetic if not being poets or mm-hmm. capable of writing if not being writers in in these spaces i i i get a lot of kick out of it <laughs> <laughs> i feel like yeah i've sort of put people in touch with their emotionally activated state and then obviously i mean it's really up to them what they want to do with right. with that knowledge yeah and and going back to um why writing is so important uh, in the realm of specifically emotional health uh, so you, if you remember right at the beginning of our conversation i was telling you that uh, at a very early age i um, probably experienced uh, my most uh, suicidal thoughts uh, through writing and mm-hmm. if not uh, if not through writing um, maybe maybe i would be someone who might have even attempted suicide i uh, i think that um, um uh, sometimes like i said the most most um, um depressive uh, thoughts um can be explored in an open and safe environment if you're in touch with um the writer within mm-hmm. you let's talk about mm-hmm. what is the workshop because we we are hosting another workshop with you mm-hmm. and it's a full day of full day of fun and activities mm-hmm. uh but what what is this workshop about that we're doing on Sunday September 30th. Yes. So it's called Birth Your uh, Superhero mm-hmm. and uh, it's primarily borrowed from what I learned at NIT during my script writing module. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do kind of start from where we left 
uh, on Saturday. We just did like a very, very basic sort of introduction to the writing workshop that is about to come. I uh, don't even want to call it a writing workshop, actually, because mm-hmm. uh, it's just sort of like a character development scene. And um, the idea is just to kind of uh, give people um, that go to that uh, bestie that is actually inside them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I I feel that so many of us just don't want to reach out for help till things don't get like really bad. Um, So during that time, when you're sort of uh, doing a lot of self-help scenes, um, just just sort of wanting wanting people to kind of get in touch with a life hack or two, uh, which could allow them to stay floating till they finally realize that, hey, maybe I could sort of ask for help now. Uh, Mm -hmm. Whoever that person is who they ask for help. So, yes, this will definitely you in touch with your flow if you've never really acknowledged it it will also put you in touch with your flow if you feel it's been disrupted and you know you used to write and now can't write it will also sort of um uh most most importantly what it will do is it'll sort of pull you out of your uh, so-called writer's block um if not any other kind of block emotional block so mm-hmm. to say so just it's just um sort of i don't know it's it's um for most people who um, are going through something difficult, uh, are going through a rough patch, uh, this will definitely be one of those places where you will probably um, feel really happy about yourself and yeah. also find a lot of strength um, in those times when you need it. Most. I think it sounds like a really productive and like long-term helpful way to spend a Sunday. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. Like I'm pretty <laughs> sure, pretty sure that people are gonna fall in love with me, and I'll get a lot of love letters yeah. <laughs> written on the spot. And then, yeah, that and that's where it's, that's where it's gonna become really fun when you don't expect the data to take that direction, and then it does. <laughs> okay. But yeah, on, yeah. On, a, on, a, on a serious note, I mean, I do think that they will definitely write some love letters to themselves. That is where I want to end this <laughs> I think no I think that's right and I think that's something that people do really need to write a lot more 